hello and welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. I am your host, Jared Leonard. I'm the Youth Ministries Pastor here at Sailorville Church, and it's my privilege to be the host today of the podcast. And with me, I have Kurt DeGraff, our counseling pastor. Great to be with you. It was a privilege to preach on Sunday, and it's a great opportunity for us to just Think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, We're actually recording currently in the auditorium uh, in our mobile system here. We've got the remodel coming here soon. And uh, so we're recording in the very same location where you had the privilege of preaching on Sunday. So I'm just really excited to dive a little bit deeper on some of the topics that you brought up on Sunday um, and maybe have a little further conversation, uh, helpful hopefully to our people as well. So uh, Kurt, why don't you tell us again, what prompted you to preach on this subject, the secret to the fruitful Christian living? Well, again, thanks for the opportunity to speak into this. It's always a privilege to preach God's word. And we have a very wonderful church that listens well, that gives rapt attention. And that's an extension of what I've experienced personally in the counseling office when folks come and their hearts are burdened and they want to hear some answers from God's word relative to the issues they're dealing with. And to be honest with you, one of the primary issues is how does someone live Mm -hmm. the Christian life? That may sound simplistic, but a lot of folks really do wonder because if they're being honest, they'll say things to the effect of, you know, I don't feel much power in my life or my prayers. My Christianity feels thin or hollow or shallow. And folks, again, say in effect, I almost feel guilty much of the time. And I I, I sense that God is mad at me, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I, I don't have much going on in my Christian life, and I need help. And they'll say, how do you live the Christian life? I am at my heart a, a discipler, mm-hmm. and biblical discipling is kind of a definition of biblical counseling. And at the heart of that, is driving people back to a relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship of intimacy. I spoke a lot about abiding. Yeah. That was a key word yeah. on Sunday. And I just want to read one verse from John chapter 8, which wasn't our text, but it's similar to John 15. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, then are you truly my disciples, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want to inculcate truth in people to set them free from the bondage of all this false guilt that's leading them away from really experiencing the full, fruitful Christian life. Mm. Yeah. No, that's really good. And you alluded to it uh, there a little bit, um, and you you really talked a lot about it on Sunday, about abiding in Christ and how that's a key, really, in the whole book of uh, John um, but we see that that that's a key to the Christian life. So would you just elaborate more on how to abide in Christ through the word? What does that look like for a Christian to abide in Christ? Well, again, to define our terms, abide is not um, part of our regular language, quite frankly, in 21st century Christianity vernacular. 
but it's a good biblical word. As I mentioned in my message, it's from the Greek word meno, which means basically to be connected to, to be at home in, Mm -hmm. to have intimate relationship with. And the image that we draw out of John 15 is that of a branch that's connected to a vine. And the only way it can produce fruit is to stay connected and to draw from the sap that comes up from the roots through the vine into the branch. Thus, the vine produces the fruit. And that's an illustration of abiding. Yeah. In my message, I tried to explain the importance of the Word of God, and I'll just take you back to the text and try to unwrap that yeah. a little bit more for our listeners. In verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, and you, my disciples, are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And the problem is a lot of folks feel like, well, that, that lacks specificity. I just don't know how, how to do that. How mm-hmm. do I abide? Yeah. And we, we get more definition in verse 7, which leads us to the word when Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So the means by which we really connect with Jesus, who is no longer with us in person, although he's very personal, sure. is through the word of God, which is the expression of him here on earth to us in a very personal way. He, he reveals himself through the reading, the study of God's word, through the memorization, meditation, um, all that goes into our time in the scriptures. We, we commonly call it, you know, our, our devotional time, our mm-hmm. quiet time, but we're just talking about connecting with God in a deeper way in the scriptures, and I'll elaborate on that more in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Give me your thoughts on that, Jared. No, that that's that's really good and and helpful it's it's not rocket science ultimately it's it's a discipline um pastor pat and i don't know if this is original to him but that's who i'll attribute it to because i've heard it from him often says that discipline leads to delight when it comes to reading god's word and so abiding in Christ is certainly um, part of that is, is just the discipline of, of daily getting into the word. Um, and that will lead to a delight. It will lead to a, a delightful relationship with Christ and with, with God in your life. And um, yeah, that's really good. I, I want to get even more specific yeah. to help people. Yeah. Because a lot of folks, they struggle. They say, I just don't get much out of my Bible reading. Yeah. And they say, how do, you, how do you go about doing this? If you really give it attention, God will explode within you in intimacy. But you have to, you got to really dig deep and mm-hmm. give it some serious thought. Yeah. And then God reveals himself in the person of Christ through the word. Here's something that I, I've heard that's been helpful to me. When you're reading, stay in the passage until God speaks to you. That is, until you're warmed or convicted, or somehow blessed by what you've read. Hmm. Don't do the checkbox mentality of just blowing through it and forgetting about it instantly. That won't do you any good. Yeah. Then once you, you sense that God has spoken to you through the word, 
then write down what God impressed on your heart. Any school teacher will tell you if you can't write it down, you don't really possess it. It's one reason why I encourage people to journal because it helps them to try to condense and to print what they've been reading. Mm -hmm. And it's really a form of meditation. And we need to meditate on God's word. And that's how it comes alive in us. Psalm 1 verse 2 Book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, they talk about meditating in the law of God's word day and night. That's the way you make your way prosperous. That's how you obtain good success. You really got to mull it over. Earlier today, one of the elders was talking about putting a mint in your mouth Mm -hmm. and just sucking on it. Don't, Don't chomp on it and swallow it, but just suck on it. And he said, that's an illustration of meditation. I, I like that. Yeah. I think that's, that's very practical. Then, then I would add, after you journal, after you write it down, pray that scripture back to God. Yeah. I'm convinced one of the greatest ways of praying, I'll say more about this in a moment, is really praying the scripture. And then finally, tell somebody, maybe even that same day, what you've learned, it'll reinforce it, mm-hmm. and you can be a blessing to somebody else. Yeah. So these are all just practical ways to make the word come alive within you. If you really can't understand it, you don't really possess it. Yeah. And God is alive. Jesus Christ is called the word, the word of God. So we find him made manifest to us, made real to us as we really meditate on the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're looking for resources of how to get into the into God's word, you know, it seems stale to me at times. I'm not getting much out of it. Man, we've got lots of resources. Contact us, contact the the counseling team. Um, there's there's all sorts of resources that we have available here at Sailorville Church, um, especially if you attend here. Um, we'd love to get you to connected to some of those resources. I, I, I love study Bibles yeah. because they're helpful for me to understand what in the world does that word mean or that phrase in that verse do you have a favorite study Bible, Jared? Um, I wouldn't say I have a, a favorite one. I I bounce around a lot, and I also use some commentaries because I have access to that, but not everyone does. I know a lot of our students, what I often recommend, there's the NIV study Bible, um, the Zondervan one. That's a really good one, and, and we've found, uh, especially like late middle school, early high school students, uh, tend to enjoy that, so that's the one I often recommend um, to parents as they come to me. Do you? There's a lot of good ones out there. I have numerous study Bibles. Yeah. When it comes to a translation of the Bible, I'll they'll say, "Well, which one's the best one?" And I'll tell them the one that you'll read. <laughs> Same thing is true of a study Bible. Yeah. I mean, I like the MacArthur Study Bible, ESV Study Bible. Uh, I've got the David Jeremiah Study Bible. I could go on and on. But get one that's helpful to you. Yeah. But if you don't know what you're reading and you don't understand it, it really can't help you. Yeah. Another option is the NLT is a really yeah. readable it translation. Um, a good one to consider for your devotions. So can I add one more insight? Yeah. I regularly use this in the counseling office, telling people how to get something out of the word. I, I say you you've gotta you've gotta ask 
the text of scripture some questions because God wants to interact with mm-hmm. you. He's a real person. He's going to speak through his word. And here are some questions. It's from a little acronym called SPECS, from Spiritual Spectacles. Yeah. Think about S-P-E-C-S. And ask yourself these questions by way of asking the Bible passage you're reading these questions. Is there a sin to avoid? Mm-hmm. Is there a promise to claim? Is there an example to follow? Is there a command to obey? Is there a special lesson for me? If you ask those questions, usually at least one of them will be addressed by any given passage. And don't try to necessarily apply them to the whole chapter you're reading or chapters, but take a smaller portion and really dig down deep and Mm -hmm. get some food for your soul. That's the way to abide in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that's all wrapped up in abiding in Christ and, in sp- and spending time in God's Word. That's yeah. really good. Really practical stuff as well. Um, next question, verse 7 and verse 16 in this passage here really both talk about par- prayer. Excuse me. They mention prayer. So how do we pray in such a way as to get our prayers answered? And where does abiding really fit into all of that? I wonder if any of our listeners can relate to us saying, does prayer really work? (laughs) I mean, am I really getting answers? A lot of folks feel frustrated, like, I don't know if I really even know how to prayer because it seems like the heavens are like brass and I'm not getting through. I want to, again, try to be practically helpful to people. Let me just read those two verses. Verse 7, if you abide in me, and that's conditional, And if my words abide in you, then ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. In verse 16, you you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. And here it is, the promise, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, there's a key here, whatever you ask in my name. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, saying in Jesus' name, amen, isn't just a way to land the plane. Yeah. (laughs) What we're really doing is saying, I'm going to ask for what Jesus would ask for. Mm -hmm. So here's a creative idea. Read the prayers of Jesus in the Bible, like John 17. Read the prayers of Paul, like Colossians 1, 9 through 11, and see what they ask for in prayer. It may surprise you. We, we tend to go to the physical and material side of life and beg God to take all of our problems away and provide all of our needs instantly. Mm-hmm. And God's more interested in developing us spiritually. Yeah. So we need to pray with that in mind. Ask for what Jesus would ask for. And when we're praying in Jesus' name, we're, we're praying through the power of Jesus, not just in our own merits, I think if we pray that way, then our prayers are going to be answered because they'll be basically spiritual in nature. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you're really abiding in the word, desiring to honor Christ, you want to be made more Christ-like, well, then you're going to pray that way. Mm-hmm. Instead of, please take this problem away right now, mm-hmm. Lord, would you please teach me the lesson you want me to learn? Yeah. Would you give me courage and grace and wisdom? Would you lead me by your spirit 
Would you help me to be a blessing? Change my attitude. Take away my propensity to gossip or complain. Mm-hmm. Would you help me to love like Jesus loved? In this context here, Jesus talked a lot about love, mm-hmm. abiding in his love. And I think practicing thanksgiving is an important part of yeah. prayer. And that kind of tunes our heart to sing his praise. And that's praying in the will of God. Yeah. Yeah, I heard someone once said, uh, uh, too often we pray hard to keep saints out of heaven. Yeah. Um, and we forget to pray for sinners to get into heaven. And so we're the idea there is, you know, you're focusing on praying for, you know, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so with a malady or grandma or grandpa or something like that. Um, which those are great prayers to pray, but we forget to pray for our neighbor next door who doesn't know Jesus. And we forget to, um, really do what Jesus commanded us to go to them, to share the gospel, to, to be, to be disciples ourselves and then to disciple others. So that's a really good word on prayer and, and, and focusing our prayers where, where Jesus did and the, the examples that we see in scripture. That's really helpful. Any last thoughts here that you'd like to share here as we wrap things up? Some of the uh, oh yeah, yeah I had some. I made yes, yeah, so I had the some. Message may have stimulated some thought. Do you have some ideas? I did. Those? Yeah, I was sorry. I was going to bring those up. I had some favorite quotes here, um, just that I wrote down as I listened to your to your message. Our lives must be Christ dependent and not self-dependent and kind of going along with that. Um, you, the, it was a little later in the message, but you said, stop running and start resting. So maybe expound a little bit on those, um, powerful quotes that we can, you know, quotable quotes that we can use. Our lives must be Christ dependent, not self-dependent. Stop running and start resting. I think our default mechanism for living the supposed Christian life is to try to figure things out ourselves, work things out ourselves, worry things out ourselves. And God says, that's not abiding. I want, I want you to actually rest in me and trust in me through your difficulties. Admittedly, easier said than done, but we need to trust that God's plan is good. He's too good to be unkind. He's too wise to make a mistake. And he wants us to cast all of our burden on him. I love Philippians chapter 4. Don't be anxious about anything. Mm, mm-hmm. Anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, which is just a big word meaning asking for what you need, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then he promises the peace of God. Yeah. That passes all human understanding will keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus We really need to pray like, God, help me to rest, (laughs) to not rush, Mm -hmm. to to trust, to not to just try harder. I I really want to learn to lean into you. Yeah. And that kind of goes right along with the next quote I was going to bring up. The Father's hand is never closer uh, to you than when he prunes you. Um, Just expound a little bit on that quote and why that's so true uh, for those of us who are believers, that is. I have found that people grow through adversity a lot more than they grow through prosperity. Mm -hmm. 
frankly, when things are going really well, we almost feel like we don't need God. Mm-hmm. But we need him every day. And God sometimes has to show us just how desperately we need him by clipping away some of that self-dependency that we talked about a moment ago. And we sometimes chafe at God's pruning, his discipline when he's cutting something out of our lives. But he does it because he loves us. Yeah. Whom the Lord loves, he, he disciplines. In fact, he goes on in Hebrews 12 to say, if, if I don't discipline you, you're not really even my child. We, we discipline our own kids if we love them. If we don't love them, we just let them run wild. And God loves us too much to let us go. So when we're going through a hard time, then we can know that he's loving us. And quite frankly, I have found that the promises of Scripture jump off the page of the word mm-hmm. when we're going through a hard time because we really need that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the Scriptures can be blasé until we're going through a hard time. And, oh, I just need this. This is a drink of cool water on a hot day yeah. when, when I'm going through a parched time of life. Yeah. Oh, that's a great reminder. That's been true in my own life as well. I've, I've seen that in, in times where, you know, things are largely going well. Um, it seems like I'm, I'm not uh, as drawn to the scriptures or, or just, you know, I, I really need that, you know. But when, when harder times come, it seems like it's, I, I can't hardly go another moment without running to scripture and, and uh, listening to God. I want to hear from him. Um, obviously, I never want to be in a place where I don't feel like I need him. But oftentimes, like you mentioned, in times of prosperity or things are going well, it's easy to get to that place. So um, kind of the, the final question or, or toward the end of your message, you kind of ended things by asking, what is God wanting to cut out from your life? Um, why did you think that was maybe the, the most appropriate question to, to, to wrap that message up with and um, maybe expound a little bit on that? <laughs> Probably I mean, it's, because it's not <laughs> something we naturally do. Yeah. Uh, who wants to undergo the blade, I mean, mm-hmm. in the physical surgery? And yet, unless the surgeon cuts out the cancer, cuts out whatever it is that's causing your physical body to fail, you won't survive. Mm-hmm. In order for us to thrive, we really need God to remove from us those things that are otherwise killing us. And sin often is killing in nature. We need to be killing sin or it'll be killing us, yeah. yep. as the old adage goes. So I really need to say, Lord, would you please show me what's unpleasing, what's not Christ-like? Because I want to abide. I want to be more like him. And we need to ask for grace. You know, it's not bad to ask God to help us in our trouble and if it please him for us to be able to move through a difficulty. Like Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 when he had this thorn in the flesh, we don't know what it was, but three times he prayed, Jesus, would you please take this away? And Jesus said, no, no. <laughs> but my, <laughs> my grace, grace is, is sufficient. sufficient for you. Yep. My strength's made perfect in your weakness. Yep. What's more will I rather than glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So abiding in Christ is really just stand so close to the Lord that you're willing to undergo whatever it takes to be more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. 
Man, that's really good. And that's a great way to wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much, Kurt, for joining us. Thanks for preaching on Sunday and uh, sharing us uh, with us more on this passage. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining us on this podcast. And that is it.